is the Go Blue Crew. Welcome into the Go Blue Crew. I'm Tyler Fenwick with Derek Devine. And Derek, we are getting uh, fall's last little burst of energy here before we break into dark, cold winter. But how was your Halloween? Halloween was good. Halloween weekend spent, uh, you know, a spooky night for Michigan State uh, at the big Ooh, house. So yeah. That yeah. Was, uh, that was my Halloween, you know, passed out some candy uh, Monday night, actual Halloween in the neighborhood. But and my Halloween was spent. Uh, yeah. Michigan Stadium where, where Halloween is meant to be spent. Did you complain about how the players celebrate too much these days? No. And you know what? I will say the two games I went to Penn state and Michigan state granted they're good opponents, good games, you know, higher dollar tickets. So people that go are usually pretty serious about watching a game. No down in fronts, no stupid, you know, complaints. You're always around the one or two fans that are super annoying. Yeah. Uh, the fan that thinks they know a lot, but can it tell you the number of JJ McCarthy, <laughs> Uh, the fan that complains about the amount of media timeouts and then sarcastically as the game goes on and continues to have media timeouts, oh, who would have thought another media timeout? That's like, like one know, comment's like, enough, buddy. Right. Like, we, we get it. Like, we, we get it. But for the most part, good fans, good section, standing up, you know, the whole game, two games in a row. Mm. Uh, even Even late when, you know, Michigan State was clearly down and clearly going to lose, that, that play stayed loud. Uh, on you know second down third down when they went for it on fourth down so yeah good halloween weekend for sure what about yeah. you oh you know i uh, spent a little time at a bar or actually i i was not on the former or formal god dang bar crawl but i kind of popped in on one saturday had some fun got back to the house watched the game um not super stressful. The stressful parts were I was um, driving and like on the radio. Thank God for Sirius XM. People are like, why do you pay whatever it is a month for that? And I'm like, because of times like this when I'm on the road and like I need to be up to date on something. So it was perfect. Um, just a relaxing night, really. Nothing, nothing too crazy. I was at the bar as Jim Harbaugh for the second year in a row. So got quite a few go blues, got some jeers. I was at a piano bar where the guy playing said, give him some money and he'll play your team's fight song. I sent him $10, $10 to play the victors. And he did not. He apologized. Oh, he was like, I don't know if I can get to it. I'll give you the money back if I can't. And then we had to leave and like, I, I had a feeling it was 10 bucks totally wasted, but Hey man, yeah. 10, 10 bucks for a good night of music regardless, I guess. Yeah. And then Monday passed out Halloween out. candy. Heck yeah. And yeah. that's the, that's the thing to do. It was a lot of fun. My first time really getting trick or treaters hmm. at the new house. So it was that's... good fun. Happy. We got to any, any Jim Harbaugh show up to the house. No, you know, a lot of superheroes. Um, yeah. Yep. Um, maybe a princess or two couple a babies skull, a lot of skull masks this year just you know just like there's always all skull black masks. and a skull mask you know it's about every single middle schooler that just wants the candy part throws yeah. on the bare minimum well it's good to see that the scream masks aren't aren't going anywhere yeah yeah the yeah, classic uh, no, here happy, to stay. happy to see those so obviously the uh, outside of the win for michigan the the news of the game was 
uh the the fight the whatever you want to call it the jumping in in the tunnel and i did not get wind of it right away because this is a late game and game ends and i may have flipped on another game but didn't spend too much time hanging out watching tv or on my phone until i went to bed and it was just as i was scrolling through twitter about to go to sleep i'm seeing all this crazy stuff but you must have had to wait a long time to realize that happened right uh actually no okay uh, we parked at ann arbor pioneer uh kind of in the back of the school and uh wasn't too long of a, of a journey there obviously it's close kitty corner to the you know one of the main entrances and uh, but you sit in traffic, you know, even if you, you know, we were, our section was right by the main gate. So we were, you know, one of the first to the car, uh, at least out of the people who stay to the actual end of the game. Right. Yeah. And I think I was in the car kind of in stop and go traffic just to turn out of that place. And that's actually when I saw it on Twitter for the first time, uh, you know, stadium was hit and miss, uh, more than the Penn state game service wise. Uh, so, you know, I, I didn't have the greatest service, you know, they said they packed 111,000 people in there. So that extra thousand people apparently killed my service. Uh, so as I, you know, went back to the, the, the car and kind of was sitting in that traffic, went through Twitter and I like to see the, the post game reactions and stuff, you know, the things that you see on TV, uh, or on your couch after the game, uh, like you said, you know, the things that you usually have to wait for when you're leaving a game and driving home. Uh, so I saw the early kind of comments, maybe the early video and then perfect because I, you know, I kind of just thought about it, got home, you know, probably 45 minutes later after letting the dog out, more videos had surfaced, more information had surfaced, both Jim Harbaugh and Mel Tucker had talked about it. Just bizarre, man. It's one of those things too, where you could have hung out well after the game, you know, like many people do, they try to get close, they try to get the uh, attention of the players. They want to go to the corner to, to see him celebrate or, or sing, uh, sing the fight song. Uh, you would have never known what was going on in the tunnel. And in some of those videos, especially the ESPN tunnel cam, uh, it's very clear that there's plenty of people that didn't know what had happened until, you know, kind of notified or people started talking about it. So uh, yeah, it's, it's really, uh, it's really unfortunate. Uh, you don't want to see that anywhere in any sport. Uh, except for maybe hockey, because they, they invite that to be part of the game. And even that's, you know, fading away with, with player health. But, yeah, just ganging up on somebody, uh, you know, at least with the videos and the information we see, you know, with the police being involved. I mean, obviously a, a, a scary situation for some Michigan players and just an unfortunate situation for for anything. I mean, it it's just, uh, yeah, it doesn't need to be a part of the game. And, and sad that that's what people have to talk about uh, even Michigan fans, rather than celebrating, you know, Jim Harbaugh's first win over Mel Tucker or an 8-0 season so far and, and in the running uh, for a college football playoff. I like to see that, the you know, this is Wednesday night. I like to see some of the conversation turned uh, why is Michigan ranked number five in the college no, football playoff. Uh, yeah, rankings. we'll get there. You know, yeah, that'll, that'll sort itself out, obviously. But, yeah, kind of the first day, you know, being Tuesday evening that we're talking about something other than, you know, the – the brawl in the tunnel whatever you want to tussle in the tunnel i don't know what you want to call the it. tussle in the tunnel see uh, people get very upset if you use a word other than like jumped that's why i said jumped because I, fair enough if you say the word fight you might you know you think it was like fair um it's this looked like a whole 
team going against one, you find out two guys. So um, it, it's hard to kind of find like the correct word. And I, I think I've just accepted that anytime you talk about it, people are going to, well, why, why'd you call it that? Like okay, well we got to call it something. So sorry I'm just that put it didn't get perfect. Tussle in the tunnel then for the show when I edited it. And the tussle in up. the tunnel, yeah, it was. Uh... Take it, take it how you want it. <laughs> Jaden McBurrows. I mean, it's it's crazy like... too, yeah. Jamon Green. I mean, yeah. He, so you know, it sounds like it. Jamon Green getting ganged up on first, and then you know, Jam Girls kind of comes through, and you know, same thing happens to him. Uh, shouldn't happen at all, uh, and then especially when. You know, one guy's trying to kind of be there for a teammate or whatever the case was. Uh, just have kind of the same thing happen to you. Uh, but, hey, credit to a couple of Michigan State players. I don't want to butcher any names in an opposing team. But there are definitely some guys who stepped up, tried to, you know, de-escalate the situation. Yeah. Uh, some guys who really tried to just, like, like, get in the locker room. Like, we are not doing this. Uh-huh. Uh, and so that's, I think that's exactly you know, more players needed. should have should have done that. Uh, but I'm glad that there were players that did. And uh, yeah, you know, I, I've seen them get some specific shout outs, too. So, yeah, you can be mad at the guys who are, you know, now up to eight of them, I believe, that are suspended. Yeah. Uh, whether you're an opposing fan, a fan of, of a team and whether those guys play or don't play. Uh, not really part of the game. And, you know, I, I'm sad that we're not talking about, you know, for lack of a better word, the assault on the field that took place. Uh, because right. that's, you know, that's the more exciting, uh, <laughs> lack of fight, uh, the, the, you know, the, the dominating performance, uh, not exciting, but dominating performance that, that Michigan put on. Yeah. I thought that was basically, it looked a lot like I thought it would look nothing crazy, not a whole lot of theater out there. Um, it looked very businesslike. I can't remember the term I saw someone use to describe Michigan's um, style of football, but it, it's just, it's kind of rare at the, in the upper echelons of college football to see a team really dominate the way that Michigan does in that, in that style. It, it creates for scores that um, could probably be a little more lopsided than what they end up being. But when you watch the game, when you go look at the fact that, you know, the opponent ends up at one point deep in the second half with negative one yards of offense, and you just like get a feel for, okay, this was a dominating performance and Michigan probably could have done some things to really run up the score, but it's a, it's a team that's sticking with his bread and butter, no doubt. And I, I, you can't complain about it. And and we will get to the number five ranking in the playoff, but um, first, I, I got to ask you two things. One, just a general takeaway from from what happened on the field. You know, what this is a big rivalry. Um, what you see that you liked, maybe didn't like, stuff like that. But then also, a little reverse wide receiver pass late in the game. I I need to know what the what the crowd's reaction to that was because I know I loved it and I was not surprised that it came about. I knew it was going to be something. I loved it. Some people didn't care for it, but uh, yeah, your general reaction, I guess. And then what you thought of that play. 
I'll start with the play first. I think okay. you know who didn't like it was Mel Tucker and the Spartans, and maybe that led to <laughs> you. Got to know, you got to know that's part of the rivalry, though. Right, and and I think more than anything, and I, I'd say fans, you know, kind of gasp like, oh, oh, you know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it didn't work out, but it, it was a cool idea. I think in the moment when you're watching, you don't expect it. You kind of look to the clock afterwards. Like I remember thinking like, oh, wow, that's really late in the game for that. <laughs> Talk to the guy next to me. You know, he had the same same opinion. Like, whoa, where was that earlier? Like, you know, because I was, was one of the only downfield pass attempts of the yeah. night, and it came really late in the game by a wide receiver. Um, so, I, you know, I think it was exciting. It could have been a lot more exciting if the play happens. But if anything, man, and, and this kind of is just the overall take of the game, it was slow. Uh, anytime you end drives and field goals, really outside of the 54-yarder, uh, which was a heck of a kick by Jake Moody, uh, just really slow, kind of mumbling, rumblings, you know, excited that your team's scoring, excited that your team's leading. Uh, and in the second half, you just knew that Michigan State absolutely had no chance. They just couldn't do anything uh, outside of, like, maybe two positive plays late in the game. But you, you kind of... I guess you were kind of disappointed in the lack of big plays being there at Penn state. When you had two 50 plus yard runs by two different running backs, essentially back to back uh, in between was a fourth down defensive stop. Uh, you know, that's a lot of crowd excitement. That's a lot of, you know, Michigan finally pulling away after giving up a lead uh, and barely leading at halftime. Uh, yeah. The down of the, the pick six and the up of the big plays. Right. So you get a lot more energy. There wasn't a whole lot of that. And so part of me feels like, hey, these these fans came out, they showed out, they were loud, they were excited. Uh, let's give them something to – let's give some razzle and dazzle to, to really get them going. And it almost worked. Uh, I mean, it wasn't the best of throws. Uh, kind of, again, weird weird timing for a play like that. But, hey, anytime you, you beat a rival after two years of not beating a rival, even a field goal uh, is exciting, any lead for that matter is exciting. And my overall takeaway, this felt like a 49 to seven game. It just happened to be, you know, 29 to seven because, uh, yeah, I think they kicked what five field goals. Yeah. So something like that. And so, yeah, you know, you're missing out on, you know, potentially four points. Uh, every time you do that, I think I had guessed the under, I think it ended at 22 and a half. It ends at 22, you know, you barely make the under, uh, but it felt like a game that even would have been closer to me than it was. I thought it'd be, you know, I think we both guessed higher Michigan score, a little bit higher Michigan State score. We did, yeah. Uh, Michigan State had one drive where it looked like they could throw the ball downfield all game, uh, and it just never worked after that. Uh, yeah, one team is good, one team is not. And <laughs> That's it's a good way to summarize it. <laughs> surprising in person, especially how bad Michigan State is this year. Yeah, I, I mean, this was so much more methodical than I think we were wanting. Like there was a part of, I think everybody who just wanted to see Michigan blow the doors off of Michigan state because of what this game means. But right. you still got Blake Corm going for 177 quiet and a touchdown. Quiet. That was probably the, I would say that's the one thing that was the weirdest. You see stats they'll put up, you know, after his touchdown, they did finally put up the 170. But before that, I had no idea that he was over 150 yards. It was the quietest 50 or 170 yard game I think I have ever seen uh didn't even know he had 33 carries even though I figured it was a lot you know JJ had a couple of runs around 50 yards Donovan Edwards had some nice runs 
But to see that he, when he got his one score, his one rushing touchdown, that is, and he had 177 yards or whatever, I was like, what? Like, that yeah. is incredible. Because, it, again, it was so slow, methodical, that, like, you didn't even realize that that's what his total count was. You know, the game before, the two big runs, you can assume, okay, these guys are north of 100, north of 150. Uh, this game was like, you know, chunk at a time, 33 carries in, you know, you're, you're closing on 200 again. Yeah. Um, this team reminds me so much of last year's team. They really value running the football. There aren't a lot of turnovers. You've got a quarterback who really takes care of the ball. And on a negative note, there are red zone issues. Michigan got it figured out last year, just in time. You got three games to figure it out, and and they're not three gimmies either. Um, with with one of those games being against uh, Illinois, right before Ohio State. Now, I know we're not necessarily worried about Rutgers and Nebraska, um, but the fact of the matter is, like, based on based on the college football playoff rankings, based on the fact that that Michigan is is almost certainly going to have to beat Ohio State to jump them in the rankings that's that's got to be priority number one is taking care of things in the red zone not settling for field goals the only field goals you want to kick are into the half let's get three points uh and and your extra points like that's that's pretty much it you you do not want to be kicking field goals at any other point in the game and i feel like this this team i <laughs> I don't want to say I don't have faith in them, but I'm I'm worried that it still isn't quite figured out because last year's team did figure it out after a cer- certain point, and it's hard to think back and, and judge exactly when. But I just remember going into the last couple weeks of the season feeling like, what real weakness does this team have? And now fast forward to this season, and it's almost exactly the same. The way they play the game, I mean, it's all right there. You could put on the tape, I think, and, and and not really be able to tell the difference between the two teams other than jersey numbers, who's out there playing, except for the fact that this team just keeps settling for field goals in the red zone, and, and they definitely got to get that taken care of. Yeah, it's weird because you look at the results, especially the last three weeks, uh, even in games where at halftime it was locked up or a close game, uh, you know, they are dominating opponents. And, and a lot of that, you know, credit to the defense for, you know, only allowing, you know, right around 250 yards a game right now, you know, only allowing uh, obviously some of those early results and, you know, only allowing seven by Michigan State uh, is, yeah, you know, allowing a, under 12 a game for opponents. But, I look at the the upcoming schedule and even including a really good Illinois team, uh, you know, they have business to take care of before facing Michigan themselves to prove if they're, you know, legitimate or not. But they, you know, I heard someone describe them as kind of like a a middle-class Michigan, you know, sometimes you'll say like a poor man's Michigan, but it's hard to, (laughs) it's hard to say that when, you know, they're ranked and and playing really well. Yeah. Um, But I just think Michigan's defense red zone issues aside is just simply too good for these next opponents uh, that you could probably get away with kicking a few field goals. But at the same time, these are the games where you need to figure that out. These are the games where you try to move away from those weaknesses or limit those weaknesses. 
uh, instead of kicking five field goals, can three out of the five be field goals? That would be a, you know, a huge improvement, even, even if it's against a weaker opponent. And I'm not sure that, you know, Michigan State, I mean, maybe that's the game to have that happen. It's frustrating. You know, Michigan State played hard enough to limit Michigan to five field goals, but the, the teams remaining on the schedule feel better than, than Michigan State. I like Rutgers better than Michigan State just because they're at home. And now it might be a pretty, you know, pro-Michigan crowd. Uh, because it always is, and it's weird that it's a night game. And the last time it was, I think it was you know, seventy-eight to nothing or whatever it was. But you know, I, I, Michigan State was so bad. It's just like it's so uncharacteristic to see them that bad. And it's unfortunate that two of the Michigan wins in the last five, six years are against some of the worst Michigan State teams I've seen. You know, if you look at that rivalry, it feels like Michigan absolutely beats Michigan State when they're terrible. But there's years that uh, you know, like Michigan wouldn't be able to do the same, I guess. Like it, it feels like, you know, 10 out of the last 15 for Michigan state still, there's still some years where Michigan should have won and didn't when both teams are good, but you know, they usually take care of business when Michigan state's bad. Rutgers is what I think ahead in the conference. Does Michigan state have a conference win? I don't think they do. Do they, or do they have one? Uh, they, cause they beat Wisconsin. Okay. Oh yeah, they did beat Wisconsin. Double overtime. Double overtime against Wisconsin. <laughs> I forget about that one. A great Wisconsin team, of course. Oh yeah. Uh, you know, I, I see. You know, Penn State handled business against Minnesota. Rutgers traveled to Minnesota, got blanked. Uh, you know, there, there's plenty of times where Rutgers has had trouble scoring points. Uh, there's plenty of times Michigan hasn't. So I, I don't think that this will be a close game. Uh, the spread as of now is 26, but. Yeah, I mean, these are the games to, to you know, kind of move past your weaknesses uh, because you know that the game, you know, more than ever, and we had this conversation last week, like the most important game is at the end of the schedule and the rankings show, assuming Ohio State takes care of business because uh, they've played, you know, the, the toughest opponents they'll face. Um, yeah, you know, you have to beat Ohio State to get in. I don't see two Big Ten teams getting in. Maybe if it's a really close Michigan loss to Ohio State on the road. But, yeah, you got to take care of business either way. You know, ranked five, ranked seventh, ranked second. Uh, you probably have to go through Ohio State every year. So we'll see if Michigan can, you know, figure some things out this weekend. I'll say the only silver lining, I think, to this specific issue with, with you know, not being able to finish drives is that you can get better at that no matter who you're playing. It's not like you have a – a bad running game. Well, you can make that look a lot better by playing a nobody. If you're having trouble finishing drives, you get down inside the 20 to 15 yard line and it stalls out. Um, that's something that you can still show improvement on against much lesser opponents. So if, if that improves over the next couple of weeks, I'm not going to chalk that up to, well, those are, those are poor teams. You know, of course, Michigan's going to do that. No, I think it's a little different here because Everybody talks about how defense gets a lot easier to play or more like it gets a lot harder to play offense when you're that close to the end zone. Everything gets tightened up. you got to be really good. You're not out on uh, the 50-yard line of midfield able to break one loose, and, and that's that. Like You have to be very good down there in the red zone, and, and if you can do it against uh, Rutgers you know, coming up, I, I think that that translates. I think that's a sign that Michigan's going in the right direction. So I think that pretty much is the, the only silver lining to that. And if you're ready, Derek, 
we can get into the playoff ranking talk unless you want to add anything else to the game against Michigan State. No, let's do it. Okay, so Michigan comes in at number five. I totally uh, forgot that the rankings were coming out. I mean, it was one of those things where, like, I okay, I know it's happening, but then I would get periodic reminders, and I'd be like, oh, yeah, that's nice. Oh, yeah, that's in an hour. Oh, Michigan's number five. Personally, I, I feel like you've known me long enough to know that I don't really care. I get a bigger kick out of the reactions, especially to the first one. Like, come into the season, of course I'm going to have opinions, whether it's Michigan or another team. So-and-so's too high, too low, whatever. But ranking is number one the first week. Guys, like, what are we freaking out about? Michigan's number five. The committee was pretty clear. Like, okay, we didn't like their non-conference schedule. I just, I don't think it's that big of a deal. And I know a lot of people think it's a bigger deal, but personally, like, I, I just don't see the the draw to be like, oh, this is an outrage. What are we doing? It's just not there for me. Yeah, I mean, I had assumed already that two of the teams playing this weekend, you know, Tennessee and Georgia, were going to be ranked ahead of Michigan regardless if Michigan was three four, five, six, you name it. Um, By the way, what'd you think about Tennessee number one? Not surprised, but again, you know, got to prove it. I mean, Georgia is still prove it. They beat Alabama. Right. But Georgia still has better talent than Tennessee has, Uh, you know, in the sec where they say the, the, you know, the best of the best play football uh, beating Alabama uh, is not, going to be the only thing that cuts it because it's going to get you a number one ranking sure uh close game but hey do they have enough to to beat a team that just won the national championship and beat up on bama uh in a rematch last year and made michigan look like you know an average team we'll see uh all right regardless you know deserve it or not the number one ranking it's all gonna figure itself out it always does i remember i don't even remember what it was last year but something was a little bit off and it was like hey two of these teams meet you know michigan ohio state a great example these two teams meet a team's gonna win a team's not as long as they take care of business on the conference championship that's gonna be a representative the sec you know always maybe a little bit favorable because of the good teams in the conference whereas an alabama you know could miss the conference championship but take care of business the rest of the way uh, and still maybe get a vote who knows but, you know, Michigan's five. They're likely to be in the top four as long as they handle Rutgers. And that's just how I feel. Like you said, it's, you know, Michigan's eight and oh. There are four more games, including one at the end of the schedule, that really truly matters to stay, you know, ranked in the top four. So not worried about it. Michigan could be 25 for all I care in the first rankings. They have to handle business either way. Uh, and I think that, you know, as long as they take care of business this weekend, they'll be in the top four next week and yeah i I don't see how uh yeah we don't see why people need to (laughs) be all up in arms about it it's well again i'd rather talk about that than the assaults right like i'd rather have something else to talk about and i know that Rutgers, michigan's not all that exciting to preview but this thing always figures itself out people always overreact and you know the teams with the most wins and, and undefeated at the end the teams that will be in the top four usually. So that's how I see it. It's the same reason we do preseason rankings. It's not a bit of information. Like here's where the voters 
believe each team slots in before we kick the first ball off. It's all right, guys, let's fire up the takes machine. See how many we can pump out. And it's like, okay, what? Uh, So way too many of us fall in line, I think. And and so that it just becomes like a very routine thing. But I will say I, I was a little surprised that Clemson was ahead of Michigan. I don't know if that's a little bit of a legacy pick, like just given Clemson, Dabo Sweeney, the benefit of the doubt here. I mean, they are eight and no, but I know we, you know, there, there are still some serious concerns I think about Clemson. And then to me, Tennessee, Ohio state, Georgia interchangeable. You could have had any combination one, two, three. And I, I wouldn't have seen a problem with it. I would have been, a little more surprised with Georgia at number one because I think they've shown just a tiniest bit more of vulnerability. But if if it had been Ohio State number one, Georgia number one, it doesn't matter what order those three were in, I would have been fine with it. I think TCU number seven maybe has a little bit of a gripe. Uh, that to me that sets up a scenario where the the committee is telling TCU win all you want. Um, you really need to count on a few teams ahead of you getting knocked off. And and they may get some help depending on what happens with Michigan, Ohio State, um, Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, all in the same conference. They're like some stuff could still happen. I saw a thing that uh, maybe the committee was putting LSU up there at number 10, the highest ranked two loss team to really beef up the Alabama resume as they play this weekend, don't they? Yeah, you know, I, I'm just thinking. I wouldn't even be able to tell you who six through ten is. That's how little I care this early. You want me to tell you? Yeah, let's hear it. Coming in at number six, Alabama seven and one. Coming in at number seven, TCU eight and zero. Oh. Number eight, yeah, Oregon. See, just, the SEC seven. bias. I'm done. I don't even need to know anymore. Let me let me take thirty Oregon, seconds. Yeah, Oregon there after getting blown out by fifty. What? Are you talking about to Georgia? Yeah, and then in, but in Georgia's only number three. That doesn't make any in sense. In week one. Make it make sense. Make it make sense. Here's the thing about the SEC. You're never going to find me standing on top of the mountain yelling out the praises of the SEC, defending them far and wide. But for as low as that conference can go in terms of competition, you got your Vanderbilt's of the world, you have a chance of, of every other week at – at worst, a picking up like a really good win. And the same can't be said in the Big Ten or I think any other conference. So I understand the bottom, the low is very low. It's down there. But the SEC has is so top-heavy that it, it, a quality win is always right on your doorstep or just around the corner. And when I say quality, I mean you know top five, top six, top seven, like it's way up there. That's that's the only thing I'll say about the SEC. Maybe I just hate the SEC. I think you do. I know a lot of people do. I get it. I understand it. I don't have that strong feelings about the SEC personally. But um, number nine, USC seven and one, and then LSU coming in at number ten ahead of Ole Miss. You have to go down to number thirteen, Kansas State, to get to the next two lost team. I don't know. Maybe a little bit of a. A ratings play here. I mean, I mean the whole a... thing's a ratings play at this point, which is, <laughs> and, I, and I think too, it, you know, it gets more confusing in the future, right? Mega conferences, new TV deals, 
you know, no big 10 on ESPN. Like it's going to be, it's going to be odd, but you know what, what you can count on every year, like you said, you're going to get quality wins in the SEC. And if you're a good Michigan team, a good Penn state team, a good Michigan state team, you're probably going to have to go through Ohio state. So, you know, uh, the team with the most wins, uh, uh, it's going to have the better resume at the end of the year. You know, you're going to get the undefeateds in there for sure, likely. Uh, you know, obviously, especially if you win a conference championship in a power five. And then you're going to get the one-loss Ohio State, the one-loss Alabamas, the two-loss LSUs if craziness happens in the SEC and Brian Kelly can, you know, fire in all cylinders moving forward. But, yeah, I mean, Again, I think your your number five team, you know, so the playoff was today. Michigan's not in the playoff. Maybe that puts a little bit of a chip on a shoulder. Uh, but more realistically, uh, you try to recover uh, from, you know, all of the, the extra news this weekend. And you know that you need to handle business and to be, you know, to get away from your really weak non-conference schedule or even games that became weak, like your rivalry, rivalry with Michigan State. Uh, you have to hammer teams that you're supposed to beat uh, going on the road uh, and doing just that. Uh, Rutgers is, is definitely a thing to do. And, and hey, if Illinois keeps keeps winning, uh, they'll continue to be a ranked team and you have a chance to, to beat them uh, and add another ranked win to your resume. So take care of business and you'll be in the top four. Before Michigan and Rutgers kick off at 730, Derek, you can take a half hour Watch the beginning of Alabama at LSU and and judge for yourself. Maybe it was a ratings play. Maybe by the time Michigan Rutgers comes on, Alabama's up three scores. Who knows? So I'm just saying it's there for a half hour. That's probably what I'll watch for a little bit. Um, although Tennessee Georgia starts at 3.30, so that might carry us straight into Michigan Rutgers. You know what? Who knows? Well, we'll figure it out later. Um, at, before we take this show to like an hour long let's get into some score predictions and i'll go first i'll give you a minute i think michigan's up 49 13 against rutgers 49 is a significant number derek because well do you know why i don't fill me in it's divisible by seven that's okay. seven touchdowns no like field it. goals yeah i do like that i had to double check on my phone calculator before I came out really confidently and said that, but it's true. Divisible by seven, okay? Um, I, I think I, I'm just going on like pure faith here. Michigan figures out how to finish drives. There are probably some big plays in there. Be a little surprised, you know, if there wasn't a long touchdown run or two, something like that. But they're going to have their chances, of course, to get down inside the 20 and, and say, all right, let's figure this out. And I hope they do. So I'm just going to predicted score that that says they do so yeah 49 13 that's what i got so i'm gonna i'm gonna go four touchdowns and i'm gonna go three field goals okay uh and kind of kind of that mentality you know uh you five field goals can you can you cut it down on the road to, to three uh so i'll go 37 to 10 uh covers the the 25 or whatever it is point spread uh, allows Rutgers to have some fun in there, maybe a trick play for a touchdown, you know, a, a big hole for a quarterback like Sean Clifford who got through a hole and almost scored, you know. You know, going to allow uh, Rutgers to have some fun at home. You know, maybe they start the game 10-0. Uh, wow. But, yeah, I, I think I think Michigan wins this one handily. Again, take care of business uh, week after week, and, uh, yeah, that bodes well for 
what you're trying to do uh, and, and make a repeat uh, visit to the college football playoff. All right. We are down to the final third of the season. Oh, Four games left. Goodness. Isn't what it happened? crazy how fast it goes every what season? Happened? It takes two years to get to the beginning of the season, and then a month and a half later, it's done. I hate it. But it is a fun time, uh, not just for Michigan, but, but for college football in general. I think this is why we really love the sport. Uh, you got to be a little crazy sometimes, but you get down into crunch time here. You're jostling for position in that uh, top five, top 10, whatever it is. And, and it just, it's so much fun to watch at Rutgers versus Nebraska versus Illinois, then the big one at Ohio state. So hopefully we get back next week, Derek, talking about a comfortable Michigan win, talking about what should be another comfortable Nebraska win before you finish the season against a a little bit of a surprise team against Illinois and then the massive one against Ohio State. So we will be back to break it all down later. Until then, take care. Go Blue. Go Blue.